Matthew chapter 2, tonight, Matthew chapter 2. I see the baby had, the baby Jesus has blue eyes, but that probably wasn't the case. <laughs> he was not a Caucasian. Uh, so anyway, uh, and, and the poor baby's been awake all day and all night. The eyes have never closed, so. Matthew chapter 2, when you find that, we're going to read the first two verses, Stan. Matthew chapter 2, I've entitled this, The Star of Wonder, The Star of Wonder. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, let's read. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. God bless us. We pray, God, for uh, you to show us tonight uh, something for ourselves personally from your word. Convict our hearts if there's sin in our life. And Lord, we know you do. And we just uh, open our eyes so we can just draw a little closer to you by seeing you tonight. Bless now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Herod, of course, we, we're not doing an exposition of these verses, but Herod was just a terrible person. The whole Herod claim was... The whole Herod clan were terrible. They were Edomites, as you know, and, and hated, hated Israel, descendants of Esau. And the rift between Jacob and Esau got wider and wider and wider over the centuries. And we know any descendants of uh, Esau today would hate uh, Israelis. And so that's a sad tale. But here we have a story about wise men. Now, why the wise men, as you know, often uh, misunderstood, uh, wise men. They were astronomers. That's the actual word there. And um, they were probably from Iran, probably the area of Persia. And we know that uh, they did not come to see Jesus the night of his birth. They came months later. And a lot of people don't understand those things. Now you do know that. But tonight, that's not even what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the star uh, uh, the star of David, and we, we know David, of course, we'd say the star of the Lion of the tribe of Judah, or the star of Judah. And we'll talk about that for a few minutes, and just a couple ideas about Christmas you may not know. Martin Luther, as we told you one day or one evening, was the one in the 16th century to bring a tree into his house and decorate it uh, to remind him of Jesus. He put a star on his tree, and uh, Pagans for years have had trees and decorated trees, but uh, not for the purpose of glorifying the Lord. <coughs> and there are various opinions as to when that tradition came to America. We know the Germans brought the Christmas tree to America. There's evidence that in the 1700s they had a tradition in Connecticut. And then we know in 1816 they had trees in Pennsylvania. And then in 1821 in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, the Germans again had Christmas trees in their house. So that's where the tradition started. And on the top of the tree, quite often we put a star. And that, of course, speaks of, of the Lord. It speaks of, uh, you know, uh, angels, as we know in Revelation 1.20. It tells us the seven stars of the seven churches. Uh, the messengers were uh, the seven stars. And so we know that Jesus is referred to as the bright and morning star. Excuse me a moment. <coughs> And we know that uh, the star is, it points to our Lord, but we have to just explain for a few moments this matter of uh, the zodiac and so forth because there's a lot of stuff today that's unscriptural. When you see your horoscope in the newspaper, none of that's 
accurate, none of that scriptural, it doesn't matter what sign you are and all that's a lot of uh, phony baloney is what my dad would call it, and the horoscope and the zodiac. But did you know that the zodiac originally represented the 12 tribes of Israel? And there was a star in the, representing the tribe of Judah that the astronomers had studied and realized that's how they would know where Jesus would be born. And so these astronomers studied that and came to worship the Lord Jesus. And so we're going to look at several passages tonight. Notice it says here in verse 1, that the wise men came from the east to Jerusalem. And I have a little note here, wise men, uh, you know, you know the old slogan, wise men still seek him. But I have written down here, wise men consider the heavens and they study the heavens. And of course, we'll look at several passages. Look at Psalm chapter eight, Psalm chapter eight, then we'll go to Psalm 19 and then Psalm 147. Psalm chapter eight. <clears throat> Psalm chapter 8, verse 3. The psalmist, this is a great psalm uh, after defeating Goliath. This is a psalm of David. And he says in verse 3, When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? If we're wise, we will notice the handiwork of God. Psalm 19, verse 1, and you know this psalm as well, says the heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day and night, day uttereth speech, and night and night showeth knowledge. And then we go to Psalm 147. Psalm 147. Psalm 147, verse 4. He telleth the number of stars, he calleth them all by their names. Uh, two weeks ago, I, I preached on the uh, light of the world, and we talked about the sun and the stars and all that. And we said there's just billions and billions of stars and millions of galaxies. We just don't even comprehend how many there are. But guess who does? God. He's given them a name. <laughs> and he, he knows the hairs on your head. And with the billions of hairs that are on the heads of all the people in the world, he's a wise God. He knows everything. And back to Genesis now. Originally, we know stars were given for signs. Stars were given for signs. Genesis chapter 1, and I'll wait for you to get there. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 14. In Genesis 1.14, we will read, when you get there, it says, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs, and for seasons, and for days and years. Mark the word signs. Now, we don't see signs in the stars today. Gentiles believe by faith. We're not in a time when we're going to see supernatural things happen in space. Joshua did, right? The Abraham and Isaac and those did. And we know the wise men knew where Jesus would be born by studying astronomy. And we know in the tribulation period, there's going to be great signs in, in the heavens. Things are going to happen to draw people's attention uh, and, and they'll be looking for the Lord. But now we don't see signs. Now, you know, we have a lot of people that want to tell you there's signs out there in your horoscope and the crystal balls and all that stuff. And as I already said, it's a lot of phony baloney. But, but we do know that while signs were 
there for a purpose, for signs to show people and to point people to God, they will also one day in the tribulation period for Jews to once again look for God. Remember, the Jews are an adulterous generation. The Bible said they're an adulterous generation because they seek signs. An adulterous generation seeks signs. Gentiles believe by, we don't have signs. What you want to do when you want to know God's direction, God's purpose, you get on your knees and you pray and ask God to guide you by His Spirit, and then you open His Scriptures, and that's how He guides you. And I'll tell you what, if you would just realize how important the Word of God is in your daily life, you'd read it more and more. Because all the answers are in here. And if you would just learn to obey what you do know, just to love one another, to be meek, to be humble, to be a witness, just doing a few of the things we know, we'd have all the direction we need because our direction comes from God's Word. But now, we know in Scripture they had names for constellations and stars and so forth. Look at Amos chapter 5 and verse 8. Amos 5, 8. And there are many verses. We could look at Job 9, 9. But let's go to Amos and then we'll go to Job. Uh, Amos chapter 5 and verse 8. Amos is one of the minor 12. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah. So before Jonah, Hosea, Joel, Amos chapter 5 and verse 8. It says here, Seek him that maketh the seven stars of Orion. There he names a constellation. Then we go to Job. Job is just before Psalms. Job. And let's go to chapter 26. Just briefly. We're not going to be long tonight, but I want you to see these things. Job chapter 26, verse 13. By his spirit he hath garnished the heavens. His hand hath formed the crooked serpent. The crooked serpent, another constellation, another pattern that they referred to in Job 38 as well. Now we'll find another mention. And, and we've, we've mentioned this before in Job 38, <clears throat> verses 31 and 32. And I'm in Psalms. Job 38, 31 and 32, it says, I'm still in Psalms. I don't know how I'm going from the end of Job. Here it is. It's there. I know Job is in the Bible. Uh, in chapter 38, I'm there now, but chapter 38 is just full of medical facts and scientific facts, full of them, that Job wrote before ever being discovered by doctors. Isn't that interesting? Uh, but in 38, 38, 31 and 32, it says here, Canst thou bind the sweet influences of Plates, or loose the hand of Orion? Canst thou bring forth Mazareth in his season? Or canst thou guide Actress with his sons? And all these are constellations, groups of stars, mentioned by Job. And I mentioned medical discoveries. There's over 50 of these in the Bible. Things that those men could not have known, but yet they wrote about things. Like... Uh, Isaiah knowing the world was round. And Job knowing the moon was not a light. Not until the discovery of the Hubble telescope did we find out the moon was only a reflector of the sun's light. But Job told us it was not a light. It was not luminous. 
How did Job know that? He didn't. He wrote under the inspiration of God. Job was inspired to write. And he wrote a whole bunch of things. And chapter 38 is just full of, of scientific facts. We're not going to go into all that tonight. But the psalmist wrote about the pathways in the sea and so many other facts. Moses wrote about modern cleansing, running water. And it wasn't until in America, John Hopkins University, when they were losing people to gangrene, they were washing their hands in a bowl and drying them on a clean towel, and people were still dying. And then they, John Hopkins read in his Bible, running water, and he thought, well, let's try running water. And they began to use running water. And they conquered so many of those diseases. Was Job that smart? Was Isaiah that smart? Was the psalmist that smart that they knew those things hundreds and thousands of years before we discovered them? <coughs> That's a rhetorical question. The answer is no. They did not. So they wrote what God told them to write by inspiration. John didn't understand his revelation. He wanted an explanation. He didn't get what he wanted, but uh, one day all things will be clear. We see through a glass darkly now. Then we know that during the tribulation period, strange things are going to happen. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. And we know in the tribulation period, once again, strange things are going to happen. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, now the seven-year tribulation, shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. That's what's going to happen. That's, that's the second half of the tribulation, the great tribulation. And then we know Joel chapter 3 and verse 15. You know, I, I think John Hagee's a fine man. I want you to know that. I think he's a godly man and so forth. But he preached a series of messages on what's going to happen. And the things he thought were going to happen did not happen. <clears throat> he talked about the full eclipse and that was going to be the Lord's coming and all that. And it just didn't happen. We're told not to, to, to expect to know a day or the hour that the Lord comes. But John Hagee's point is right that we will see strange things at some point in time. I say we, mankind, we're not here. We'll know because we're going to come back with the Lord. But in Joel chapter 3, verse 15, the sun and the moon shall be darkened and the stars shall withdraw their shinings. Isaiah 13, 9 and 10. Isaiah 13, 9 and 10 says this, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh cruel with the wrath and their anger to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light, and the sun shall be darkened, and the going forth and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. Revelation chapter 8 and Revelation chapter 16. Revelation 8, 12 and 16, 8 and 16, 10 tell us that during the tribulation period, after we're raptured out, there's going to be darkness. <clears throat> darkness. So this whole idea of global warming isn't going to fit that. God is sovereign. There'll also be the scorching of men in those same chapters. So the flip side of that, you have darkness and you also have the sun burning everyone. People are going to have to get in the shade, get out of the sunlight because probably the ozone layer is going to break. Mankind cannot control the ozone layer or the temperature, no matter how hard we try to drive electric cars, with all the pollution in the world, we can't change anything anyway between India and China. So forget the whole panic about global warming. It's just phony baloney is my line tonight. We do know it'll happen 
in the tribulation period. But we can't pass laws to change God's timetable. When God says the moon's going to be darkened, it's going to be darkened. When God says the sun is to scorch men, and when God sends hailstones 100 pounds apiece down here, there's nothing earthly scientists can do. What is man that thou art mindful of him? The heavens declare the glory of God. and Man can't change that. And we know that uh, all these things are going to happen. Strange things during the tribulation period. And then we know that God judges people who depend on the planets and the signs for direction. In this day and age, we, we have to mention that. Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy chapter 18 and Deuteronomy 47. And now I'm not saying that the physical direction of, of, of the wise men uh, was not important. It was. But I'm talking about people who depend on the planets and the stars for spiritual direction. Your spiritual direction does not come from the solar system. It comes from the God who made the solar system and from His Word. But in Deuteronomy chapter 18, 14, 10 through 14, it says here, There shall be found among any of you that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or useth divination, or observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, a consultor with familiar spirits, or witcher, uh, wizards, or uh, necromers, which are mediums, he says those people, and he talks about they're an abomination. And then we go over to Isaiah chapter 47. Isaiah 47. So many people today think that they have some sort of answer, and they'll tell you that they're getting your reading, and you're, you're, you're a zodiac, and you're a Libra, and this is why that's happening. And, and that's actually sinful. So if you're one who's always dependent upon your horoscope and see what the daily reading is, you're making a mistake. You may not have intended to be sinful, but you can't depend on that. It's no different than the fortune cookies. I like the fortune cookies, but those fortunes aren't impressive to me. <clears throat> but in chapter 47, verses 13 and 14, Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let's not, let now the astrologers and the stargazers and monthly prognosticators, prognosticators stand up and save thee from the things that shall come upon thee. Behold, they shall be a stumble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver. Here are people who study all this stuff, and the Bible says, tell them to help you during the time of tribulation. Will they be able to help you? No. They have no power. Only The only power that, that, that is, is controlling the world is God. And then we find uh, uh, 2 Kings 17, 16. And I know I'm going fast. 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 16 says here in 17, 16, and they left all the commands of the Lord their God and made them molten images, even two calves, and made a grove and worshiped all the host of heaven and served Baal. They worshiped the host of heaven. And so again, it, it, uh, God, God looks at this with uh, anger. He hates people. He doesn't hate people necessarily, but He hates the sin of depending on direction from the stars. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 19. Deuteronomy 4, 19. <clears throat> Unless thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven, and when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the host of heaven, shouldest be driven to worship them, 
and serve them, which the Lord God God hath divided unto all the nations under the whole heaven. Don't worship the stars. Don't depend on them for your direction. Depend on the Lord. Now, in Genesis chapter 49, Genesis chapter 49, and verses 8 through 12, we already read from Matthew how the wise men knew where Jesus would be born because they knew of his star. In Genesis 49, verses 8 to 12, read you a few verses here. And I know we're taking a quick trip through the Word of God today, but verses 8 through 12 of Genesis 49, it says here, Judah, thou art he, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he crouched as a lion, and as an old lion, who shall arouse him up? The scepter shall not part from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be, binding his foal into the vine, and the ass's colt into the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine, and his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes shall be red with wine, and his teeth white with milk. Here, uh, we know that Judah is mentioned and set aside here as a special child of Jacob. And from the tribe of Judah would be the lineage of David and on down to the Lord Jesus Christ, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he says, your brethren will bow down and praise thee. That's referring to all of Israel one day praising the descendant of Judah, who is the Shiloh, who is who? The Lord Jesus Christ. And so we know that the star from the tribe of Judah did give guidance but we know in Genesis 5, 15, 5, and then we'll go to Revelation 5. Genesis 15, 5. Revelation 5. In Genesis 15, 5, and he said, He brought forth abroad. Now here's the Abrahamic covenant. He says to Abraham, He brought him forth, said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said to them, So shall thy seed be. God promised Abraham he'd be a mighty nation. He said, Look up at how many stars there are. You're going to have just that many descendants. And of course, think of the Jews that have gone out into eternity in the past several thousand years, 3,500 years since Abraham, and six million at the Holocaust, and there's still millions of Jews. We have more Jews maybe in America, almost as many as in Israel, and there's Jews all over the world, and that's a promise fulfilled uh, to the children of Israel. And then Revelation 5.5, 5, <clears throat> Revelation 5.5, 5, And we'll go to three more verses and we'll be done. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 5. Remember this from this morning. One of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. That's the Lord Jesus coming from the tribe of Judah. So there was a time the zodiac meant something. And there was a time they studied the stars and the movement of the stars and the things that happen in space to know where Jesus would be born. And there'll be another time like that in the tribulation period where the moon will be darkened and the sun will be darkened and things are going to happen that are going to cause astronomers to say, something's changed up there. Something's happening. And of course, that's going to prepare the Jews for the return of Jesus Christ to the Mount of Olives. 
you ever get to Israel, go to the Mount of Olives. That's where Jesus is going to come and stand when he returns to this earth. Now, I said all that to just say this. Do not depend on astrologers, astronomers, or the stars or the planets to give you any direction in life. Unless you're a ship captain and you want physical direction on the sea, that's fine. But for spiritual direction, you need to depend on the Lord. And we'll give you three verses in closing. Four verses, but two of them are right together. Daniel, turn to Daniel chapter 1, verse 20, and Daniel chapter 2. And then we'll quote the last two verses. Daniel 1, 20 and 2, 27. In Daniel 1, 20, the Bible says, And in all matters of wisdom and understanding, that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than the magicians and astrologers that were in his realm. Daniel and his three friends were way wiser than those that were studying the planets and the stars. Why? Because they knew God. You know, we have one up on the world. The world doesn't know God. It's amazing to me to talk to well-educated people from time to time and to listen to them in their perspective of life and to think, how can you be so far off base? How can you be so ignorant of world affairs and world events? Because we know, God, we have a wisdom they don't have. And that's why we need to tell them, hey, there is direction, and it comes from the Lord. Look at Daniel 2.27. Daniel 2.27. And the, 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 the astronomers and astrologers couldn't help the king, and Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king. And then he goes on to say, But there's a God in heaven that has the answers. I like that. He says, but there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets. You know, we can know the thoughts and the ways of God by diving into the Word of God. Confess your sin. Ask God for direction and dive in the book. You'll have direction. What does James 1.5 say? If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally. God wants you to be wise. I'm not talking about being good at calculus. I remember when I used to take, I took Greek and I prayed for wisdom and it didn't help because that's not what God's talking about here. You're, you're smart, you're intelligent, but maybe you can't understand a subject at school. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about God's wisdom. And the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, by the way. It begins with fearing Him. Knowing Him and fearing Him is how you can get His wisdom, and His wisdom gives you direction. You want to know God's pathway? You want to know His direction? Ask for that wisdom. And then Psalm 119, 105. What does that say? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So there, if you want the direction, there's the light. Don't depend on the lights in space. Depend on the light of the word of God for your direction. Depend on the wisdom of God through prayer and scripture. And God can give you direction that the world knows nothing about. You know, most of the time you turn on the television, you turn on a news anchor, and it doesn't matter what network. I like conservative networks, so you know what I watch. But the liberals, of course, their direction is so distorted. They're lost, man. But even some of the conservative commentators who don't know God in a personal way are lost when it comes to direction sometimes. And I have to say, oh, wow, 
that's, that's, you know, I don't agree with that. That's not the way it's supposed to be, and that's not the way it's going to be. You know, because we have wisdom they don't have. And knowing God is, fearing God is the beginning of wisdom. So tonight, my challenge you, seek God's direction, not from the stars, from the Word. Seek wisdom and ask God for it, not from the lady with a crystal ball down the street, the palm reader, you know, a fortune cookie or your horoscope. That's not going to help you. That's not going to help you. Seek Him. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and He'll give you the direction you need. Let's pray. God, thank You for Your Word. Bless us as we close with some carols, Lord. We just thank You for the time we spent together on this special Sunday. Bless each and every person here in Jesus' name. Amen.